Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Women have been, I mean, the backbone of tech. Actually, the first computers were physical women who were computing information. It's acknowledging that we exist and making sure people hear us. It's not anything new that women are here. It's just that it's new that we're hearing our stories. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Phoenix, Arizona with extraordinary women in tech. And I am so grateful to be having a conversation with Amber. Hello. Hello. She is the most understanding, flexible person. I wanted this interview to happen yesterday and one thing led to another and now she is here and I am stoked to hear, celebrate and share your story. Oh, well, thank you. And so, okay, go ahead, introduce yourself to everybody and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, my name is Amber Peachin. I um, co-own a creative agency, and I'm a storyteller at heart. That's what I do. So I help companies tell stories about their businesses so they can communicate what it is they do, why they do it, and how it helps people. And what do you think is one of the main things that gets missed in telling a story where people think they're doing everything they can, but you're like, okay, it's so obvious you're missing the point? Well, so like um, a lot of times it's actually telling a story. Um, So they're giving you details, facts, information, but they're not making it engaging and fun. And I, um, I love technology because people in technology have the best stories and they're the sometimes the worst at telling them. So it's um, hearing what it is somebody has to say and then translating it back into something that is engaging and is a narrative. And so it's changing facts and information into being a narrative. It's probably the biggest thing people miss. And also the reason they're telling the story is never the reason they think they're telling the story. So um, it is... I had a conversation today with a with a with a client where the story they're trying to tell is about the product, and that's not the story you want to tell. The story you want to tell is why somebody cares that you have a product. Yeah. Tell me what problem you're solving. Um, tell me why it matters to me, and um, they'll buy the product because it's a solu- it's a solution to the problem that they're having, not because it's a cool product. And and when did you first discover your love for technology? Um, I. That's hard to say. So my dad was a complete computer nerd um, before being a computer nerd was cool. Um, And he was in technology. Um, And I actually don't know that I've ever identified myself as somebody who loves technology. Um, But when I look at my historic past, like my first job 
out of high school was at a tech startup, and that was in the late 90s. Um, my first, my second job after that was Wait, another tech this, startup. What did the tech startup do? What okay. did both do? So I know that that's, like, that's the question. The first one, I don't remember. I was a receptionist. I answered phones. Um, I, I did a lot of editing of like emails because the guy who ran the place couldn't spell to save his life. Um, I, learned, I first used Microsoft Word at that job. Um, and I was just, I was, I was there, I was available, I had a connection, I got the job as a receptionist. But it was a tech startup, he was always flying all over the country doing stuff, um, but I don't remember what they sold. Um, the second one was a health device, and so they developed this di- device, it was called CardioVision, yeah. and it's not around anymore, but it was supposed to be able to tell from taking your blood pressure um, the hardness of your arteries. And um, so I worked at that main office, and it was six really, really old guys. And I was, like, 19, but they were legit old, like, in their 80s. Like, one of them had flown planes in World War II, kind of old. Yeah. And they were hilarious and adorable and um, trying to make this tech thing work. Um, but I've always been able to talk to people in tech, and that's, I think, where my real gift lies is having that conversation and being able to understand what they're talking about and why it's exciting and then translate it into something that everybody else can understand why it's exciting. And, and what, what does the term women in tech mean to you? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's acknowledging that women have always been in tech. Um, women have been, I mean, the backbone of tech, actually. The first computers were physical women who were computing information. There was, um, it's acknowledging that we exist and making sure people hear us. It's not anything new that women are here. It's just that it's new that we're hearing our stories. It's almost like podcasting. Podcasting right. is not a new technology, no. but all of a sudden it has become cool. Well, it is, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, so podcasting is storytelling. It's, just, yeah. it's a medium that's a new medium, but new is relative. It's 25 years old, right? It's right. been around. Like We've been telling stories and recording stories on radio forever. It's just a more convenient format. Right. No, no. Podcasting has legit been around for, I think, I don't know, a couple of decades. I'm not sure how long, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been in the eye of trendiness until right. really the start, the startup podcast and the serial podcast put it on the, in the media's eye. See, and I've been listening to podcasts. Um, I started listening to podcasts probably eight years ago. Really? Yeah. Just How? consuming. Um, it was, they, they were around. I listened to them. I would download, no, but, uh, ha- yeah. I would download them from, um, the computer. I would listen to them yeah. like at, at, I would, my computer would run the podcast kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I consumed and then I would put them, I would download them onto MT, MP3 devices. Yeah. Um, phone, my phone wasn't capable. I don't think of doing it, but yeah, I was consuming information yeah. and it was, as a mom of small children, it was one of the fastest ways ways to do that. Yeah, my first two podcasts before I knew that I was listening to podcasts was Product People and Podcasts, which was which is kind of like the Howard Stern of podcasts. And I too would go to the website or whatever and download and put them on my phone, and mm-hmm. it's really trippy. Um, so okay, and so now you tell story, you tell stories, and you feel like your gift is essentially a tech translator to be able to create emotionally magnetic story in order for someone um, who's built a piece of technology to either sell to customers or to attract the, the user installs or the views or whatever it is. So what's your process? Like, um, how do you go from point A to Z? And what can we learn from you when we're building our apps and we're building our websites to help people find out that we exist? Um, so this is actually, it's, it's, that's less a 
tech question and more a general marketing question, but it's an important one. And the first thing you do is figure out if somebody wants your product before you build it. So many people I talk to, they're like, I'm certain people want this product. And I ask, what kind of market research have you done? How many people have you talked to? Right. Don't build anything until you know they want it. Um, So Field of Dreams is wrong, even though I love Kevin Costner. (laughs) If you build it, they don't necessarily come. Yeah. Um, And so there's no reason to devote um, years of your life sometimes. People devote years and dump money into products that nobody wants to purchase. Um, But the way you first start to do it is you... decide, um, talk to people. What do you want? What do you want to see? And then build what they want to have. And once you have it, you already have those market testers, essentially, before something exists. exists. And there are ways to do that, too, where you can do it digitally. You can build, build a landing page for a product that doesn't exist yet and say, coming soon. See what messages work. Build 10 of those landing pages. Tell the story in 10 different ways. Name the product 10 different things. And do, like, that actual market research beforehand. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's a... Um, Tell the story in a lot of different ways and see what works, see what attracts people. What landing page tools would you recommend? Um, So HubSpot has a really easy one. Um, That would probably be a first place I would send people. It's not necessarily cheap, but it's actually doing a WordPress site isn't hard either. Um, And you can do free ones there to see what people react to. Um, I... Um, Squarespace and Weebly are out there too, but they're not my favorite, and I might get crucified for saying that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's... There are a ton of tools. Um, My fave is lead pages. Lead pages. I know all of the um, all of the new like digital coaches out there love lead pages. It's because it started with Clay Collins, who was an internet marketer, but he's also a software developer, and I gave him shit for being an internet marketer, though he is a great one. Yeah. Um, And I'm really proud of him for building a software product. As he's a software developer, he should be building software products. But now he is. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't used that one yet. So. um, and what what has your experience been in the tech world? So my experience in the tech world is interesting. Um, I've I come from the world of well, uh, ten years ago I was a baker and I had a bakery, so I was a small business nice. owner, right? But my delicious. bakery had it was <laughs> delicious, and I could make a lot of money. Um, in small spurts, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. hard to sustain and over the long term. Yeah. Um, and, but I had to have a website and I had to have, I had to understand that stuff yeah. to do that. Um, and then, um, and then from there I went to marketing and advertising, worked at a large ad- advertising agency, did very traditional marketing actually. Right. Um, but then this latest iteration of my life, um, in my agency, we've attracted a lot of tech clients. Um, part of that is, um, we just have a general knowledge and understanding to, uh, that applies and that yeah. works, but also is that translation piece. Um, and so we've just worked on products because we can have the conversation. And in real, like reality, everything is everything's related to tech in some way. Right. Um, and so it's being able to say, well, yeah, your tech, your product is a tech product, but you still have to market it to real life humans who aren't necessarily tech people. They're salespeople who want to sell more stuff. They're, um, they're miners who want to have higher uptime on their equipment. You've right. developed a technical answer to that, um, but they're still, they don't understand the technical part of it. They just want to know the end result. So it's that same storytelling sort of perspective where it's like your technical answer is answering a physical problem or a digital problem or an emotional problem. It's answering a problem. Right. Um, if you can't explain what problem you're solving in a non-technical way, you're not going to sell your product. And that's where we've been able to be that translate. We say nerd translator is actually what we right. say. Um, but it's 
um, because I love technology and my, my business partner also loves technology, right. um, we attract that kind of clientele because we can have the conversation in a technical way and then in also in a very human human way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And and are you from Phoenix? Um, I'm so what I like to say is I'm from wherever I'm at at the moment. Yeah. I uh, grew up in a very nomadic family. My dad was in the military for the first part of my life and then we just moved a lot. Um, and then once I became a grown up, I still just moved a lot. And um, so I've been in Phoenix for about four years. I love it. It's a great place. Um, I'm here for the next five based on kids and ex-husbands and all that stuff. Um, and then who knows? Uh, a couple last questions. What's one thing you do to push yourself forward? What resources do you access to be the best you can be? Um, so I do. I, I access a lot of old-fashioned books. I do a lot of reading. Um, What's your favorite book? Oh, gosh. My favorite book changes on a regular basis. Uh, I just watched Les Mis with my kids. for the They've never seen it before. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I love this book. I've read it like three or four times. I can't. I had, But I haven't read it in like a decade. Yeah. Um, I love. Um, I also. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird is a favorite. That's like, rad. And your like, favorite tech tool. My favorite tech tool. My new favorite is Real Time Board. Um, it's so it's more of it's a web app, I guess, more than it, but it's a tool that we use in what we do all the time. So we're currently in the middle of building a ginormous marketing site, working with this fantastic UX UI team, and it's essentially an online whiteboard. So you can collaborate and and ideate and um, build these huge things, and then not our my old school way was do it on a real whiteboard, take a picture, and then not lose it. Yeah. And, uh, or put it in a file, a digital file. Um, but yeah, we've been using that like crazy the last couple months. And I just, for digital collaboration and teams that are remote, it's amazing. And how can people connect with you? Um, people can connect with me either through email uh, or I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all at Amber Peachin. And I welcome connections um, and or phone calls. You can find my website. Amplish. Oh, yeah, spell your name too. Um, it's uh, amplitude.media is the website and then amber a-m-p-e-r-p-e-c-h-i-n on all of the all of the things and spell amplitude oh a-m-p-l-i-t-u-d-e amazing thank you for making time for the women in tech podcast sure. sharing your story you want to connect with more awesome people in the women in tech community remember to go to the women in tech facebook group at women in tech vip.com it's women in tech vip.com or say hi on social maybe you'll get a sticker at women in tech show on instagram on facebook on twitter i will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye <laughs> Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.